Welcome to another edition of the YXE Sports Podcast. This is episode number 48. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon. We're live on their Facebook page. We're also live on the YXE Sports Podcast Facebook page. Like I said, it is episode 48. Matt Morrison with you, joined as always by Ray Morrison. And I know that you were wondering and everybody was wondering, but for those of you watching the webcast, I decided to... Uh, not do duster December, so the regular oh, yeah. beard. Oh, is that right? Hey, okay, so the regular beard's coming back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you were concerned, and then everybody yeah. else was. Well, I so was the- hoping for another month of mocking. <laughs> really, that's that's that was my stake in the game, but uh, no good for you. Uh, so that mystery we know, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, want to send our best to Deb Hobrick, who's the straw that stirs the drink around here and herds the cats, namely Ian and Dennis. She's not feeling really well, so. Deb, we're thinking about you. We'll see you back here next Monday. This so, thing go. very well may fall apart in about five minutes oh, without Deb here, but no, that's okay. It's a given. Without Deb here, it's, yeah. So, nope. hope you're feeling better, Deb. Kicking things off this week with some local hockey news that actually just came down the wire a little earlier today on Monday. Husky men's hockey coach, University of Saskatchewan, Husky men's hockey coach Dave Adolph has announced his retirement as head coach of the Husky hockey team. He is the winningest coach in Canadian men's Hockey history at the university level, 488 career wins, 456 of those coming with the University of Saskatchewan. Of course, he started his coaching career in 1989 at the University of Lethbridge with the University of the uh, University of Lethbridge Pronghorns. He also won a national championship as a player with the Huskies back in 1983. He reached the University Cup 16 times, including eight of the past nine years. He was also named Canada West Coach of the Year four times, including 2018, 2019. Just an illustrious you career for former head coach Dave Adel. Yeah, so uh, after following up Dave King as head coach, I mean, who better to learn from than Dave King? And, of course, I, my time goes back to um, the University of Saskatchewan Huskies back to 1983, and we'll show you some pictures now of uh, – the championship team. So Dave Adolph was obviously a player at this point in time, but uh, there's a picture of uh, Tim Hodson, of Dave Adolph, and of Willie Desjardins. And those were members of that 1983 team that went on to uh, win. And uh, a little write-up in the sheaf that I was reading about uh, uh, today was pretty good. But it's interesting because they beat Brandon 6-2. To get to the final, Dave King's Dogs, which featured Dave Adolph, beat Laurier 10 to 1 in a semifinal before beating Concordia 6 2 in the nationally televised final on CTV. There's, There's the, the picture. Yeah. So Tim Hodson is uh, on the left. Willie Desjardins, the former NHL coach and current coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers, is in the middle of that picture for those watching the um, webcast. And uh, Dave Adolph hasn't really changed all that much. No, <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, he is on the the right side of of that picture. But that six two win, it's interesting because Willie Desjardins was actually named the tournament MVP mm. of that nineteen eighty three CIAU championship. And I'm sure that would certainly go down as one of Dave King's um, highlights. As you mentioned, uh, sixteen times at the University Cup. Seven Canada West titles, two silver, four bronze medals as a head coach. Uh, was unable to win a university cup, but still, uh, what a what a career. And when you think Husky hockey, you obviously think of uh, Dave Adolph. And a guy like me realizes he's really old when I can think back to guys like Dave King who mentored uh, Dave Adolph in that spot. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and, you know, what, you know, 
speaks to me anyways for Dave Adolph. It's just kind of, you know, the kind of person that he was off the ice, obviously behind the bench in the locker room. He was a great head coach, especially for those young, you know, university aged kids. But, uh, you know, I mean, off the ice, I can remember back at Rutherford Arena when I would do play-by-play for some of the Husky live streams, and it'd be the warm-ups, and he'd be up at the press box of the old Rutherford rink just talking to me oh, yeah. and my color yeah. guy. Absolutely, and, yep. You know, making his pregame notes, watching yep. the teams, you know, do warm-up. And I'm not sure if you kind of, you know, have that same idea of Dave, if he was just a good person off the ice. Oh, for sure. I yep. used to work at Olympian Sports. He was a close friend of everybody at Olympian Sports, and he would, yep. you know, pop in there the odd time, the odd time with a box of donuts from bakeries or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, he will be missed in all circles. So hopefully he still kicks around Merlis Belcher Place and, uh, you know, when uh, we get back to seeing some university hockey. You know, Dave was always good for a good quote. Yep. And if you were a reporter and you didn't, he didn't like your line of questioning, he was quick to tell you. So <laughs> yeah. that, but you know what? We There was a mutual respect there. Like I said, a terrific guy, but you always understood uh, kind of where you stood with uh, with Dave, which was uh, which was great. Right. Absolutely. So here's a comment. We can read comments now. Okay. So this is from Patrick Janix. Sorry if I botched your last name, Patrick. Forgive me. The best podcast in Saskatoon for sports. Question, who will take over as the Huskies? coach now thoughts on that yeah still early none. but it's interesting that's, yeah that's yeah. right we we have none somebody joked with me hey it's mike babcock ready to come <laughs> back to the us so that was the one uh, that was the one joke that was kind of going around but boy this just happened you know a couple of hours ago from this drop date so i'm not really sure who the huskies might have in mind but that is an interesting question though only because right now the university of saskatchewan is looking for a chief athletics officer the official date of Dave's retirement is May 1st of 2021. Yeah. So that's when he'll retire. So um, I think a chief athletics officer would probably be hired first to replace Dave Hardy. Right. Uh, and then from there, now that's how I'm assuming this would, uh, this would play out. But uh, today's announcement without a CAO kind of surprised us a little bit as well. So, well, and I was reading, an, I was reading an article on Dave Hardy's uh, resignation as athletics officer chief athletics officer and it sounds like he's going to stay on until his replacement is found oh, okay so they will still yeah. have you know dave hardy uh who's a terrific person in his own right will uh will stay on until they yeah. do find his replacement but uh, it will be interesting yeah. but you know uh the huskies you know they do have a little bit of time on their side oh, to, to go yeah. out and and make uh you know their pitches and you know their recruitments and i would think that the uh the job of university of saskatchewan huskies hockey head coach for for men's hockey is probably a job that a lot of people will want so with that building right absolutely. so yeah, i think that they'll new, have a uh, brand new building to play out of and uh yeah it would be that would be a highly coveted job for sure no shortage of options and you know you talk about a little bit about the the drought that the university of saskatchewan huskies have been in with regards to kind of winning a university cup well you think about being an up-and-coming coach you think you're the guy that can come in and do that in the new building um I, I, one can only imagine that this would be a highly coveted position that a lot of people in the hockey world would be applying for. So congratulations on one heck of a career for Absolutely. Husky head coach Dave Adolph. Speaking of, well, keeping our sticks on the ice, if you will, the NHL and the NHL Players Association, uh, they haven't always got along. And I think uh, even through this, they're continuing to not get along. But there has been some dialogue. This, according to TSN's Pierre Lebrun, apparently the two sides chatted multiple times over this past weekend in hopes of hammering out some dates and hammering out an agreement to get on the ice in the new year. Of course, originally, Ray, it was going to be 
January of 20, January 1st of 2021 is when the season was going to start. Now it's sounding like it might get pushed back to mid January. Of course, there's always the, you know, potential yeah. that they're not going to play at all, but it does sound like this weekend's talks between the two sides was promising. Well, and one of the things that the National Hockey League successfully pulled off was the bubble format. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, you take a look at the Toronto Raptors today, three cases there. Right. So if the NHL or the NHLPA agree on how exactly they're going to go about uh, returning to play, they know that they can do it in a COVID safe way because they just did that in Toronto and Edmonton. Now, it gets a little bit tricky when you're talking about teams on both sides of the border, which if you're going to start a regular season, obviously that would be the case. But um, you can only imagine the issues about, uh, you know, the Players Association thinking that they are entitled to certain things because it's under contract and NHL owners and Gary Bettman, the commissioner, and Bill Daly, the assistant commissioner, going, well, the deputy commissioner, saying, well, this is a once-in-a-century pandemic. So what do you expect us to, to do about it? So you can imagine the dialogue that's kind of been going on between the association and the league about many issues in the National Hockey League in a circumstance that just none of us thought we would be in. Right. No, for sure. It's it's interesting. And I think based off of what I've heard, and I don't know this for sure, but um, one of the things I've heard is that the Players Association or the players, because there's all this talk about the prorated salaries and things like that, right? So, uh, you know, it sounds like to me, one of the concerns that the NHL Players Association, obviously the union that looks after the players has as well, they think they should be getting their full salaries. But, you know, you're only potentially playing a 58, 52, 48 game season. Yep. So the NHL is saying, well, no, we're not playing 82 games. We're playing possibly half of that. So, so no, you shouldn't be getting your full salary. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's, and there's some NHL owners um, that think that they'd be better off not to play this year at all based on revenues lost. I know the Arizona Coyotes were oh, one of the top sure. teams that, that were trying yeah. to, you know, just cancel this season entirely because they won't be able to to make up for some of that money that gets lost. So it'll be interesting, um, but I don't know. I don't know which way this is going to go. I don't think it's... Well, I uh, think there will know. be hockey. Yep. Okay. I, I do think that there will be hockey because, like I said, I mean, the the NHL did prove that they can do this in a bubble format, but it's just... And uh, when the Players Association and the teams that are making money realize there will be no money coming in unless they play yeah. from sponsors, from television revenue... Guess what? They'll figure this out pretty quick. Don't worry about that. But, <laughs> um, but, but you're right, though. I mean, the association um, and and their representatives, uh, Donald Fear, it's their job to kind of dig in and get what they can. That's what an association is supposed to do for its membership. And um, I I, uh, I think that there will be hockey, but I think there's a lot of a lot of things that have to be discussed here before that. Right, for sure. I just know that we don't have to make any of those decisions. So. But I think we all want to. We all want to see hockey back, and and hopefully yeah. they can come to it and and you know come to an agreement. That, I mean, the NHL, you know, they don't like locking out. They've done it a few times over the past twenty years, but they don't necessarily like it. So uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon, as we are every single Monday. Don't forget, they are giving away mini fridges for the next eight weeks and this is super simple too all you have to do is come in 
have a fantastic meal at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. See Doyle, see Gary, see Byron, see the crew here. And then make sure that you hang on to your receipt, fill out your information on the back of that receipt, your name and your number, and you are entered to win a mini fridge from Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar just like that. So they are doing this giveaway for the next eight weeks. I believe they're giving one away uh, per week for the next eight. So lots of time to come down and enjoy a fantastic meal at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Of course, they're on the corner of Circle and Idlewild. You can give them a call at 306-382-1717 as well. It's hard to believe, well, I mean, week 13 of the NFL season, Ray, isn't technically finished yet. That's There's right. two Monday night games right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers are ahead of the Washington football team, 14-9. That game is in the midway through the third quarter for everybody watching on the uh, live feed. And then there's another Monday night football game tonight. And then there's also a game tomorrow, Tuesday, the Baltimore Ravens. They had to uh, do some funky things with their schedule due to the COVID outbreak that happened there. So they're playing the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. But there was a good slate of Sunday games yesterday, as there always were. The Cleveland Browns somehow continue (laughs) to win. And you could, you know... The Cleveland Browns have, what, nine wins this year? Yeah. And you could say some of their opponents weren't that good, but they beat a pretty good football team in the Tennessee Titans yesterday, so that makes well, you think. Well, Tennessee's eight and four. Yeah, so, so that makes not, you think yeah. if they're maybe possibly for real. I keep wondering how Cleveland's just going to break the hearts of their fans. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. The Cleveland Browns are going to give it to their fans and not in a good way. One way or another, you just wonder how that's going to happen with Cleveland. But they are an exciting team to watch with Baker Mayfield. That team, I mean, he's throwing the deep ball. He can be agile when he needs to be. I mean, that yeah. that 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 is a good. It's it's a good team to watch right now. But historically, there's just something about those Browns uniforms that just makes you wonder <laughs> how they're going to, you know, just break the hearts of their fans for sure. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. The Giants upset the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. I didn't see any of that game. I saw a little bit of that game and, you know, it just looked like the Seahawks came out flat and even the best of teams sometimes do. But the New York Giants are, you know, say what you want about that NFC East or, uh, yeah, the NFC East. They're leading that division at five and seven, but uh, they have kind of strung off a few wins in a row. I believe they've won four in a row for the Giants. So maybe under new head coach saw, Joe Judge. I saw Phil Sims on the CBS pregame show trying to really sell his former <laughs> team because they were talking about, you know, they had a, a list of teams. Okay, kind of who's in the hunt and who's a lock and whatever. And uh, old Phil Sims, the former Giant, he had some mighty lofty goals for a Giants team that has really kind of been struggling. So that was a lot of fun to, to watch as well. Yeah. But, hey, they showed up when they had to, and they're probably going to get into the playoffs. And so how good for about, them. I mean, my Saints got thumped by New Orleans. But your Falcons? How, uh, my Falcons. How about your Denver Broncos, though? Now, they lost to Kansas City, and there's no shame in losing to Kansas no. City. But when you consider that Denver was down to basically a receiver at quarterback the week before last, how about... Locke and the uh, Broncos up against KC yesterday. I thought they played well. I thought Melvin Gordon for the Broncos ran the football. Yeah, and that's how they're well. going to have to win. Yep, yep. Keep the ball on the ground the and just was continue to pound the rock. Um, I thought their defense played pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, I was going to give you kudos for that. Right. I give you a tough time about your Broncos a lot. We got to get this in now because otherwise I'm going to forget. But we do have another comment on the uh, live stream. What about the New York Jets? Because they found a new way to lose yesterday. <laughs> so they're beating the Oakland Raiders. The New York Jets are now, what, 0-12? Yeah. They could have had their first and probably what was going to be their only win of the season yesterday. So they're beating the Oakland Raiders. One play left. And for whatever reason, they go into a cover zero 
defense yeah. and, Las and Vegas. Let, yeah. yeah and law let henry ruggs just run right behind the defense there's nobody there yeah last minute it was a walk-off touchdown for vegas and then today it came down that the new york jets fired defensive coordinator greg williams yeah i don't know if he deserves all the blame for the fact that the team is 0 and 12 i mean if you you don't do any sort of research on the new york jets or head coach adam gase or the ownership for the new york jets it sounds like that whole organization from top to bottom is an absolute dumpster fire but uh, Greg Williams did get uh, fired. Uh, Greg Williams today. is con- he's a controversial. Yep. you know he really is a controversial defensive coordinator. Yep. He just cannot stay out of the news in in uh, in the National Football League at all. Uh, which so- is weird. Be just to finish on that point, yeah. which is weird because a couple seasons ago he was the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. I believe it was when Cleveland fired Hugh Jackson as their head coach. Williams came in about midway through the season, I believe, as the interim head coach and yeah. actually got the Cleveland Browns, I think three or four, maybe even five wins towards the end of the season. So, <laughs> I mean, he is a, you know, he does have a good football mind. He's been a part of some really successful teams, but you're right. Uh, he of course was part of the uh, bounty gate scandal with the yeah. New Orleans saints where he was paying players, def- allegedly playing payers, play paying players for, you know, taking out other teams, yeah. offensive players and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he's always in the news. And, Which uh, I still fired. never understood why a coach would do that. Knowing how often players get traded and yeah. are going to talk after they leave a team, why would you instruct players to go for other players' heads <laughs> yeah. in hopes that, quote, the body will die? Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I, I, I never understood that story when it came out six, seven years ago or whenever that was when he was with New Orleans. It just made no sense to me at all. And how about... Uh, the Bengals and Dolphins. Yeah, that got scrappy too. Yeah. Even Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, was ready to throw hands at some players of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Well, so, Dolphins returner Jakeem Grant yeah. Sr. was up back to get a punt, and he was absolutely nailed by Mike Thomas. And apparently that was the second dirty hit, or what the yeah. Dolphins thought, dirty hit that Grant, yep. that Grant took that game. So. Yeah. I yeah, think so you know Flores came across yeah. the field, and the next thing you know, it was just about all oh, the officials <laughs> and a lot of the players. You know, cooler heads prevailed, but uh, that's uh, you always know, now we're going to look for a Cincinnati game against Jacksonville on the yeah. <laughs> I like the part there was a video, and it was quite oh, sorry, funny. Bengals and Dolphins. You're Bengals and Dolphins. You're yeah. look for those two teams on right. The- it was, quite, it was quite funny because uh, there was a video of kind of that melee or whatever, yeah. and everybody gathered, and then four or five Cincinnati Bengals offensive linemen were still sitting on the bench. They're like, I'm not getting up to this. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, there's no point. <laughs> so losing yeah. on and off the field are uh, yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. But to bring up your point about how the Chiefs, uh, you know, narrowly beat the Broncos, and I guess it goes back to the Seahawks where sometimes, you know, even the best teams have off games, but. Uh, a game like that for the Chiefs, where they only beat the Broncos by a few points, might maybe prove to the rest of the NFL that the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they still got away with a victory, are maybe human after all. And yeah. there could be some things that some more talented teams that are playing the Chiefs down the stretch could expose. Yeah. Well, no, right. yeah, they're beatable, right? right. So, I mean, yep. that's that's it. And I think one of the things you figure out with Kansas City, because Patrick Mahomes is so powerful, is if you can establish your running game yep. and keep their defense on the field. Yep you might be able to keep it close and, and have a chance. It's not always going to work because Tyreek right. Hill yep. and players, they're just too good. You're not going to do that game in, game out. But if you're ever in a must-win situation against a team like Kansas City, that's obviously the the way to try play it here. And Kansas City's de- – I'm not sold on Kansas City's defense either. No. 
right? Like they're no. not great. They're okay. Like Tyron Matthews good. is good. They're not great, but they're, but they're not good. great. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're a beatable defense for sure. Yep. Sure. Uh, we'll get this in before we quickly wrap things up for this week. But uh, CFL news, we even have some CFL news. So they are open for business as of today, December the 7th. CFL teams can start to re-sign their pending free agents. Now, because of everything that's gone on over the past year, I think most teams have like 30-some free agents. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have 28 in total. So you would expect that a good chunk of those uh, will get re-signed. Um, free agency. CFL free agency is planning to uh, kick off on February 9th. So some of the more notable free agents for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on offense include guys like Shaq Evans, uh, William Powell, Josiah St. John, pretty good offensive lineman. Yep. Defensively, Charleston Hughes is a free agent. Ed Ganey, Nick Marshall, Solomon Alamimian yep. is a free agent for the yes, Riders as yep. well. So, you know, I mean, for the Riders, out of kind of those core guys, who would you be targeting to make sure that you – Resign them immediately. For me, I'm probably thinking Charleston Hughes. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he's a he's a good leader on that football team. The motor doesn't stop, right? Yep. So he's a good energy guy. If you, it depends on the state of your defense, but a guy like him and Solomon. Yep. I mean, if you can get away with kind of uh, giving them a little bit of a pitch count on defense, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you could maybe keep both of those vets right. around, but those would be a couple of guys who you know, depending on the makeup of your D. You can really learn from players like like that. So that's and the other piece of news was from BC, right? Yes, Rick Campbell and who was you have the other uh, guy's McAvoy. name right now, right? No McAvoy. McAvoy. Yep. And I don't know much about this McAvoy guy. Yeah, but, but uh, good for Rick Campbell and well, yeah. And so him. there'll be co GMs of the there'll <laughs> right. be co GMs of the BC Lions. You think that's a good idea to have your uh, head coach be the I think same where as your GM? The BC Lions have been anything is a good idea. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, <laughs> we just we, we saw how it worked with Chris Jones and Ryderville a few seasons yeah. ago. I, I don't know. I, I don't really have an opinion on the matter. I mean, yeah. there's some leagues and and you know, some situations where the, you know, head coach and the GM being the same type of guy is is yeah. good. I mean, we see it quite often in junior hockey, right? SJ ranks, WHL ranks. Yeah. You know, in terms of a league like the CFL, I'm not sure, you know, yeah. how good of an idea that is. I don't know. I don't have enough of an opinion or I don't know if there's an, even yeah. enough of a sample size. From the past to to know if that's a good idea. It was, or not. So but, it was time for Ed Hervey to move on. Though. Yes, and so that's kind of what I'm alluding to. Right, there. for right. sure. So, and yeah. I mean, Rick Campbell is a great football mind. So oh, absolutely. That could translate for to sure. the front yeah. office as well, and great it'll be guy. interesting to yep. see yep. how he, he does in uh, in uh, BC as well. So, and one final note: it comes from uh, our fearless leader Deb. I said, I hope you're feeling better, and she said, "Thanks, Ray. Show looks and sounds great as usual, which is proof that Deb, you're really not feeling that well at all." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything, so no, that's good. She said I just being loose. there. So, yeah, it's good. And then we have so, one more comment okay. from Russell Smith. When are you guys going to do a show on stock car racing? I mean, we'll cover anything. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about anything. We right? We'll cover yeah. anything. I will admit that we will have to do our research. Yeah, however, Matt will so. bone up on that. Right there, you go. So. Big thanks to everybody for watching this week's edition of the YXC Sports Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar for having us out as always. And we are uh, playing with some new technology to try to... Uh... Which is always dangerous when Ian yeah. and Dennis start playing with the toys. Right. And Deb's not here to supervise. Yeah, exactly. This was probably the worst possible situation <laughs> for this to happen. But keep on watching. Keep those comments coming in. And a big thanks to everybody that, uh, of course, tuned in. And a big thanks to everybody who listened to the audio version of the YXC Sports Podcast as well. The countdown to Christmas is on, but we have a few more episodes to go until we get to there. So until next week, stay safe.